Sun's Day presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Moses Moody is going to dribble out the final sec- seven seconds off the clock. And the Warriors will avoid being swept by the Suns for the first time since 2011 as they get their first win against Phoenix this season. Final score, 123-112. The Warriors win. John Bloom on the final call from the Chase Center last night, a game that... Uh was never really in doubt, although it did get down to three points. The Suns had to expend so much energy to get back into that game, back to a double-digit lead. The uh, Golden State Warriors beat the Suns, uh, as it turns out, by 11. They get win number 36. They're 36-33. and 33. Suns fall to 37-31. Uh, they're in the four and five spots right now, but that gap between the two teams just got a little bit narrower, heading into another yeah. tough game tonight for the Suns against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep, and who knows? Knows who's going to play tonight for Milwaukee. They're also playing the second of a back-to-back. Giannis came back last night from a hand injury, dropped 46 on the Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not necessarily a load management guy, but I wouldn't be all that surprised if he didn't play. And and I wouldn't be the surprised if the Suns win this game. But again, this is um, this is another... This is another difficult challenge for a basketball team that feels at times like it's hanging on by its fingernails. And it's a basketball team that I, I, I'm i starting to get worried about. And it's not because you've got I, – I think there's a couple of parallel tracks of logic here. There's the belief that Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best to ever play it. He'll be fine individually if he comes back anytime before the end of the regular season. And I think that can be true. But everything else around him, I, I see a basketball team screaming for definition and identity and, a, and moments last night when I Terrence Ross threw the ball away and he's looking at a teammate like, were you supposed to be there? Were you supposed to cut? Then there's Bismack Biombo and Tory Craig in the lane talking about who's supposed to help out where. And it, th- these are the things you expect in early December. It's not ideal to have them happening right now, but they're, they're still trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, I'm curious what, what you think about all yeah, this. One of the things that you talked about, you, you brought up earlier when we had our first discussion on the Suns game last night, two things that, that continue to stand out. Uh, the perimeter defense you brought up is one of those things. One of the things that has just you know been a talking point too many times at this point of the season is the bench. The bench was not good again last night. And it's not just the bench. It is for the Suns, the way this team's roster is constructed, it's basically starter four or five, depending on who's available, and the bench. It's the role, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're struggling. And they struggled again last night. And Monty Williams pointed it out again last night. Just thinking that this can cover up defensively some of the deficiencies we may have regarding their quicker guys at the rim. His rim protection, his rebounding um, didn't work out as soundly as we would like. I didn't think he played poorly. We just needed more of an offensive boost from our bench tonight. And, you know, if you look at it, it, it's not terrible, but we didn't have like one guy come in and give us, you know, double-digit numbers tonight. But we thought he could help us defensively at the rim and cover up some stuff. 29 points from the bench last night, which was a little bit better than it has been. But you look at the numbers from the top three guys in terms of playing time off the bench. Damian Lee played 17 minutes, minus 11. Cameron Payne, 17 minutes, minus 11. Terrence Ross, 15 minutes, minus 14. Terrence Ross, who was coming off a great game, has a totally non-impactful game. 
He was coming off a great offensive game. Offensive uh, I mean, he game, scored 18, yeah. but was minus 18 in, in the box score if you, if you buy into to plus minus. And I thought that was actually after a good mm-hmm. first stint from the bench because the game got sideways in a hurry. Oh, it sure did. When Thompson comes out shooting and Curry comes out shooting the way that they did, uh, the bench came in and kind of you know stemmed the tide a little bit. But you know, in the second half, again, the, the bench continues to be an issue. And... You know, in the last two games, Bick, we've seen role players from Sacramento step up, take, and make big shots. You can't make a big shot if you're unwilling to take them. And I think the Suns right now, part of the issue with these role players is they don't feel comfortable taking no. big shots. No, you're right about that. Uh, Josh Okoge is certainly... Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright. Yeah. Uh, Torrey Craig looked like he was allergic to shooting the yeah. ball last night. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of guys who get the ball, who are open, don't let it fly. And you almost see the moment of hesitation where they're thinking about it, and then they're finding somebody else. Yeah, that's that's what's concerning to me. It it just it just seems like a, a team that doesn't know who's supposed to be doing what, and it's because they don't. Yeah. Like for instance, suddenly the Suns have broken down defensively to the point where Jock Landale now they've got an issue with him, and Bismack Biombo um, was out there a lot early. And, and, and but you don't want him shooting that awkward jump hook. I you, you know what I mean. So it's it's yes. just it's hard to find that mix between the guy that's going to help that offense roll and somebody who's good enough defensively to keep the thing from falling apart. Well, and you saw it last night too, the way Golden State structured their defense when Biombo was in the game, is that the ball went in the middle to Biombo a lot, and every time it did, he shot it. Yep. Because it was there. Yeah. He's a guy that's not afraid to no. shoot the ball, but maybe but he you should But you don't want be. him shooting it. Yeah, maybe he should be. Everybody nine, else is afraid. In nine minutes and 41 seconds, he had five shots. He actually made two of them. Um, so, so that's one of the things that, told, that stood yeah. out to me. Listen, I theoretically... As and as somebody who has covered, talked about, studied super teams in basketball, and we all have. We, this has been part of our sort of our daily conversations for years and years and years now. Again, the danger of super teams is they become top heavy. They become about a few individuals, and then everybody else on the periphery really doesn't know where they fit in. And I'm not saying that's happening here, but I'm just saying that as this team tries to get through the next 12 games, 10 games, however long it might be, until Kevin Durant comes back, it's going to be real hard to establish what these postseason roles are supposed to be for these guys. Yeah. Uh, it's hard enough to find what the rotation should be. And I think even with guys who in the past coming off the bench have had clear roles and clear identities in those roles, Cameron Payne comes to mind. He's a guy that's really struggling to find his footing again. Coming back from that injury, since he's come back, he's shooting like 26% from three-point range. His assist-to-turnover ratio is about even, which is not ideal for a backup point guard for a guy who's supposed to be a spark plug off the bench. You know, I went back, go back to the trade deadline. We had those those conversations with all of these veteran point guards that became available. And John Wall was one. Russell Westbrook was one. Goran Dragic was one. There was Derek Rose flirtation, although he never got bought out. That if you're a real championship team and you're counting on 12 to 15 solid playoff minutes in behind Chris Paul, maybe one of those guys would have made sense. They've put their trust in Cameron Payne again for the third straight year going into a postseason. And I think we're seeing yeah. diminishing returns on I that. I think you're right about that, too. Now, can he get it together? We shall see. But he's, like again, a guy who had a clear role struggling to find that role again. And to 
to me, the loyalty to him, uh, the fact that this is still an issue, it, it's a little befuddling to me. Because they've had numerous opportunities to upgrade that backup point guard position. Numerous. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, Devin Booker, who I thought was good last night, 32 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought DeAndre Ayton, after a rough start, started to assert himself. And he he played with force last yep. night. I have, have no problems with what I saw from I, DeAndre Ayton. I agree with you. But this Kevin Durant situation, and I, you know, I was listening to Burns and Gambo a bit yesterday, and you know, they were of the mindset, don't worry if the Suns lose these three games in a row to Sacramento, Golden State, Milwaukee. It's not that big a deal. I am not in agreement with that completely. Your your lead over Golden State for the four spot just lessened. And let's mm-hmm. say those roles are reversed and you got Golden State in the first round in a 4-5 matchup. Uh, I don't like fe- that. You'd feel tremendous about having home court advantage in that series. Oh, you would. That but is true. If Golden State's got it, they're a different team in that yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that could definitely be a first-round opponent. A lot of this is going to be matchup-based. Uh, again, it's like you, you take a look. at One of the highlights or lowlights of last night's game was was the exchange between Steph Curry and oh, yeah, well, and Chris Paul. And we're going to get into we it. We will. Yeah, but it's it's there's some there's some aftershocks to not having Mikael Bridges out there and yes. not having someone to harass Steph Curry is one of them. Yeah, I know uh, postseason getting, getting close because uh, my anxiety is rising yeah. by the minute. <laughs> text <laughs> your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next a flurry of activity as the NBA nego- or NFL negotiating window opened up for free agency yesterday can we expect some more activity from the Cardinals today or just nah we'll get into it next Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports the local sports leader Arizona Sports the local sports leader NFL free agency frenzy with Bickley and Murata mornings it was a frenzy around the league on the first day of the NFL negotiating window. Lots of deals struck around the league. They can't become official until tomorrow. Uh, but the Arizona Cardinals kind of not completely absent from the activity, but not exactly active in the activity either. Uh, the big re-signing, as reported first by Jordan Schultz, the Cardinals uh, reportedly bringing back Kelvin Beach, a yeah. right tackle, mm-hmm. uh, who had made some comments about the leadership um, skills or lack thereof from from Kyler Murray last week. But he's coming back, uh, and the big loss on that on that side of the uh, ledger is that uh, Zach Allen, their defensive lineman, is as expected by many. Hooking on with the Denver Broncos. He's following defensive coordinator Vance Joseph to Denver. He gets a massive deal. It's going to pay him more than $15 million a year. Right. Uh, and he earned it. He had a really good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he battled some injuries earlier in his career. But you know he was one of the, the NFL leaders among defensive linemen in knocking down passes at the line of scrimmage. He got five and a half sacks. He had ten tackles for loss. I thought you know Zach Allen, in a year that was not devoid, but... Almost devoid of bright spots defensively yeah. or offensively for that oh, matter. Th- he yeah, was he one d- of them. No, he definitely was. I thought he had a pretty good season by uh, you know for for a four win football team. Yeah, I think I think you said it properly. There wasn't a whole lot to cheer about. He was one of the bright spots. Uh, so the the question becomes: Was this really a luxury item? Was there really no point in the Cardinals to try to match that or 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 keep him? Or did Zach Allen even show any interest in that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for Vance Joseph to leave and to target that guy as the guy he wants to bring with him, that should tell you something about what he thinks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's strange uh, that the the Denver Broncos last year 
if not the most disappointing team in the NFL, certainly up there. I mean, they went out and they got Russell Wilson. I think they had definitely playoff caliber talent on defense. They had some some weapons at the receiving core. Nathaniel Hackett turned out to be a horrible hire, didn't make it throughout the season. He gets fired after 15 games. Uh, so they bring in Sean Payton. And they're making splashes. They 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 sign two offensive linemen uh, t- to to bolster the offensive line. They bring in Zach Allen, who's now the highest paid defensive player. Denver was active. They're aggressive. They're going for it, despite the fact that they won five games last year. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals won four games last year. And it, it, again, it's very early. But I think this is by design. I think they're going to be quiet in free agency. I think you're right, um, and I think I think there's a, I think there's a long term plan here that we all have to kind of wrap our heads around and be okay with. And I think we have to look at the previous general manager and say that his drafting malfeasance has left this team without any depth and without any homegrown talent. It's going to take a couple of years to regenerate that. There's no getting around that. It's very much like the Diamondbacks when Hazen took very over much. and had to yep. totally spend a couple of years. Re- Replenishing yes. everything, or that's or that's the way he should have, and then he got seduced into into going for it a couple times. But that's the that's where they're at now. We're, Jared, are you blaming Tony Larusa for the Cardinal struggles? I blame him for most things. So, <laughs> so I think in the case of this, I think we have to be prepared for that. But again, a guy like Zach Allen, he's a young player, and if you're not going to spend your money on young players who who have been part of the system growing up, who are you going to spend it on? You're not going to go out and get quick fix guys because you're not trying to win now. And you're not trying to bring in, um, you're trying to build from within now. And then more to the point, one of the bright spots that I took out of last year was the leadership on demand from J.J. Watt as chronicled through Hard Knocks. We all saw what an amazing leader he was, what great relationships he began to forge with a couple of guys, Zayvon Collins being one, Zach Allen being the other. Those are the two real notable ones in my opinion. And and I posited last year that that. It, at the very least, the J.J. Watt experience, while not leading to a playoff victory or a Super Bowl or anything, at the very least, his mentorship and his experience is going to rub off on a new generation of Cardinals. Yeah. Well, you just let one walk out the door. Yeah. You just let, let one guy who, who received all that training, master class training, to walk out and bring it to Denver now. It's true. And as recently as February 28th, this was at the Combine, uh, Monty Asenfort was asked about some pending free agents, namely Byron Murphy and Zach Allen, and had this to say. Zach and Byron are both good players. Um, you know, we'd love to we'd love to keep them. There's obviously going to be a uh, financial component, component, a business component that comes into that. Those discussions will continue to take place over the next couple weeks as we approach the start of the league year. And, you know, those are, those are things that there's always a, uh, we'd love to keep everybody. We'd love to, to pay everybody. And, and unfortunately, the way the league's set up, that's not always possible. But those discussions certainly are going to continue to take place. Yeah, I mean, as it sits right now, we, we, we're talking on at 7.23 a.m. on March 14th, Bick, uh, and Zach Allen is going to Denver. And the thought process appears to be like, okay, are, are they going to keep one or the other? Are they going to keep them both? You know, they're not keeping both. Are they going to keep one or the other? That's a possibility. Yeah. Losing and, both and, is a possibility, too. Yeah. If Byron Murphy leaves via free agency, 
Ugh. Well, th- th- then you have to ask yourself, okay, what what exactly are we doing here? Because one of the things that I'm I'm starting to become a little uncomfortable with is that, you know, for many years uh, we have been schooled and and told and taught that there's a hard salary cap in football, that the playing field is level from Los Angeles to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that's starting not to be the case. Um, salary cap shenanigans and loopholes and finding ways to restructure shell years, yeah, shell years. Now there's a huge difference between. Between salary cap space and money that is will, real money willing to be spent by your owner. I would like to see where the Cardinals rank on that list. Compare real dollars spent versus salary cap space. Yeah. And, and my concern is that is that the Cardinals are going to rank low on that list. That they don't find ways to continue to spend, that to continue to exploit loopholes. And and that going forward is, it, it'll never be like baseball, where the Cardinals and the Rams and the 49ers are going to be like the Dodgers and the Giants and the Dodgers. But it, it's trending in the wrong direction, in my opinion. And like you guys were saying... Allen and Murphy are two young home, homegrown people on the cusp of stardom, if you believe it. And if you're not going to spend on either of those guys, yeah, what are you looking at? That's true, and we could be on uh, you know real close to a development with the DeAndre Hopkins situation on day two of this negotiating window. You know, is he on his way out the door too via trade? And if so, what can the Cardinals? recoup in return for that. I mean, it's a it's a busy time, but um, it's it <clears throat> bridge year. That seems like this is going to be a, a pretty apt definition for what the Cardinals mm-hmm. are facing in 2023. Yeah. yeah. Text uh, Valley to 620-620. Become a Phoenix Suns insider to get all of the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quest for an NBA championship. Once again, that's Valley to 620-620. Coming up next, man, it's already 730. Time to hit the big stories of the day with Sarah Gazelle on the Rush Hour Reboot. Here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, my friends. This is the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley Amarada Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Great to have you all with us as we take you through the top stories of the day. We've got NFL free agency. We have the NCAA men's basketball tournament starting with the first four today. And, of course, the Phoenix Suns. They lost to the Warriors last night. But let me introduce the team first before I jump right in. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey! With Vince Murata! Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin (laughs) for the good land. Okay, that reminds me, someone tweeted me, a listener tweeted me, I don't know, in the last like two months or so, so saying you don't pronounce the L in Milwaukee. It's more like Milwaukee. What? I've never heard that before in my Neither life. Neither had I, and I was like, this person just wants me to sound stupid on the air. Are you telling me that... Alice Cooper, of all people, just mispronounced? I think not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Alice Cooper does no wrong. So whoever, I don't remember who you are, but whoever it was that tweeted me saying you don't pronounce the L in Milwaukee, get out of (laughs) here! Hey, Derek Carlin's here, Milwaukee. (laughs) Milwaukee. Hey, Derek Carlin. Aw, my P has to be normal today. (laughs) Okay, let's share the context of that one. No. It's about you and your asparagus. That has nothing to do with mine. (laughs) Goodness gracious, I'm a lady. All right. Sometimes the Phoenix Suns lost to the Warriors last night, 123-112 up in San Francisco. The Warriors 
came out blazing hot in the first quarter. Uh, we've got some great details from Kellen Olson in the game story on ArizonaSports.com, uh, including in the first eight minutes and ten seconds of the game, Clay Thompson already had scored 18 points on nine shots, including four three-pointers. Ugh. Yeah, and then by the end of the first quarter, Steph Curry had three threes, 12 points in that quarter, and the Warriors were up 22 uh, at the end of that first frame. That was pretty much the game right there. Here is Devin Booker after the game on what in the world happened out there. Oh, uh, slow start. Uh, you know, they came out with, with high energy, like we knew they would. And you know, once they get going in momentum like that, it, it's hard to fight back. But you know, I think we did a good job of that, just weathering the storm. And, you know, we just kept fighting all the way through. You know, we gave ourselves a, a couple shots, a couple opportunities to you know, take the lead or get or get that close. So that you know, was a good fight. All right, the head coach, Monty Williams, uh, also said that they did not get the offensive boost that they were hoping for from the bench. Just thinking that this can cover up defensively some of the deficiencies we may have you know, guarding their quicker guys at the rim. His rim protection, his rebounding um, didn't work out as soundly as we would like. I didn't think he played poorly. We just needed more of an offensive boost from our bench tonight. That, you know, if you look at it, it it's not terrible, but it, it didn't have like one guy come in and give us you know double-digit numbers tonight. But we thought he could help us defensively at the rim and cover up some stuff. All right, so as Monty Williams said there, they didn't have that one guy coming off the bench to give them the boost offensively that they needed, help them cover up uh, what they were lacking with their starters. And that's something that we've talked about really since the trade, the the depth of the bench and the lack of that one go-to dude that you know can come off the bench and just give you blank points every night, 12 points every night, whatever it is you're looking for. So going into the playoffs, now 14 games away for the Suns, who do you hope that that go-to bench scorer will be or who do you think is best equipped to be that go-to guy? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, it is. So really, really, if we could get Terrence Ross to play some defense and and, and, and be a little more careful with the basketball. There was a lot that was breaking apart last night. You could see Monty Williams was not at all happy with with any really anything that was going on. And if you read Dwayne Rankin's game story, it's it sounds like Monty gave them a handful at halftime. Uh-huh. Which uh, he should have. Which he should have. Um so uh, to answer the question, what do you think, Vinny? How's that for my answer? What do you think, Vinny? <laughs> I'm going to go to two guys. Terrence Ross is the obvious answer, and I think when he's called upon, he'll more often than not deliver offensively. But can he can he get minutes with with the defense? Cameron Payne's got to pick it up, and Damian Lee has been kind of MIA for a while. That's for a guy who was leading the league in in three point shooting, uh, and in an offense now where opportunities are going to be generated for a lot of catch and shoot opportunities, especially from the from, from the corner threes. Damian Lee's a guy that needs to step back up to where he was earlier in the season. Yeah, that's a good answer. I, I think that's a good answer. I, I worry about Damian Lee on the other end of the court, but you're right. He was so he was so good early on. He was the NBA's leading yeah. three point shooter yeah, for a while. Right? Yeah. Had Steph Curry rooting for him, even yeah, though they're Western true. Conference rivals. Not, right. Not last night. How no. about Damian Lee getting into that uh, little scrap? <laughs> 
with Jermichael Green, former teammates. <laughs> put them up. Put them right. up. Put them up. Exactly. Uh, the Suns have lost two straight games now to the Kings and to the Warriors, and tonight they've got the Bucks. Another uh, clear challenge. Looking at the standings, we've been on standings watch for a little while now, but it's going to get more intense as we get closer to the playoffs. The Suns are starting to drift further and further away from the possibility of getting into that second or third seed in the West. Um, they're three and a half games back of the Kings, who are right now in the third uh, slot. And then they're only one and a half games ahead of the Warriors and the Clippers in the fifth and sixth spots in the West. So not taking a drastic drop, but they are inching down the standings. Are you guys nervous yet about the sun slipping into play-in territory? In a word, yes. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I've got a sneaking suspicion they're going to win tonight's game. Okay. And I think it's going to I think it's going to stave off some of the fear. But I, you, you'd, you'd be silly not to be, to be worried on some level because, again, none of this still makes any sense. You've got a general manager who said that if the playoffs begin tomorrow, Kevin Durant would be playing. And you get Ramona Shelburne saying, yeah, but they're going to hold him out until two games are left in the season. So yeah. why so much caution? Right. What, what are we so scared of? And that, that worries me a little bit. Sure. Uh, of the remaining games, the Suns have... I believe one game uh, left against a team that really doesn't have anything to play for. Mm-hmm. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. They, even Orlando, who comes in here Thursday night, is right on the doorstep of maybe challenging for an Eastern Conference you know, uh, playoff spot. Yeah. That game, April 4th against San Antonio, is the only team they're going to play that has thrown their hands they up and said, lose. Come on, Victor, come yes. to San Antonio. <laughs> so that that also, you know, bleeds into my fear a little bit too. Sure, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm an anxious mess, generally speaking. That's, anyway, so. that's right. You should stop drinking coffee. That's only going to feed your anxiety. It's a great idea. Oh, bottoms up. There you go. Cup number two. All right. While you're drinking that, let's get to the NFL. The negotiating period of free agency opened up yesterday. Not a ton around the Cardinals yet. Uh, just two reported moves so far. Zach Allen reportedly going to the Broncos. That's per ESPN's Adam. Schefter, and then Kelvin Beecham reportedly is back on a two-year deal per Jordan Schultz of the score. Now, let's hone in on Zach Allen. He was seen as really the future of the Cardinals defense, one of the future faces of the Cardinals, um, and now he's reportedly gone. ESPN's Next Gen Stats put this out on Twitter after the news broke. Zach Allen tackled opposing ball carriers for a loss or no gain on 5.5% of his run defense snaps last season. Season. That trails only Aaron Donald, 5.8% wow. among defensive tackles with a minimum of 200 yeah, that's, defense snaps. That's why this whole, and there's a lot of people who've been saying this, this this whole, yeah, he's good, but not that good crowd. I'm really surprised at a lot of the um, a lot of the reaction locally yes. to this. Really surprised by this. Like I, like I said, potentially on the cusp of stardom. Right, yeah. that, that was the trajectory. So what kind of loss is this for the Cardinals? Him going to Denver and with J.J. Watt now retired, too. Yeah, as I said earlier, I think uh, it bums me out because he got a master's class from J.J. Watt. I said that last segment or whenever, two segments ago, and and now the Broncos are going to benefit from all of that great stuff that he was able to pick up from J.J. Watt the last couple of years. I, I, I get the fact that maybe you could only pay one guy, and you might have sided with Byron Murphy Jr. on this, but again, I just don't understand why a team
team in rebuild mode is not holding on to its young young players. Yeah. And and the idea that he oh well, the Cardinals are never going to pay that. Well, some team did. Right. Are, are you not Why the are you same? Here? Yeah. Right. And so this enabling small market owners to not spend money because we because we're why we're not relegated we're not coached by Ted Lasso or Led Tasso <laughs> or Led Tasso um, the early reviews of that show by the way is the third season's coming up it is cooked starts, oh starts, no. Cooked. no starts tomorrow uh oh that's 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 the early care. reviews oh, I don't care I'm don't, sitting through every stinking second I know. I mean, me too it's I, that feel good saccharin I didn't think the second season was as good as the first yeah. season yeah this that's is, true apparently they got nowhere to go with this show apparently three years into it Ted Lasso still doesn't know soccer and you know, yeah, know. he's yeah. baked yeah. all this the biscuits it. he can yeah the right fish still bringing biscuits for the boss the fish out of water thing only works to a certain point and then you're the fish in the water that's right. Adjust. That's right. Marco. Swim. Polo. Fish out of water. No. <laughs> I, I don't want to. We're, we're late. I don't have an answer to that. Yeah, question. that's fine. Uh, we'll ask Bobby <laughs> Hurley about it. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. It's my guys. fault. Social studies uh, every morning at 730. Or not, no, that's Rush Hour Reboot. Social <laughs> studies coming up later on. Where the hell am I? <laughs> Who are you? Coming up next on Wolf and Lou. Bo- <laughs> Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. As they get ready for their uh, play-in game against Dayton, he'll join us next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Pickley, Vince Murata. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, NCAA tournament getting underway this week. It includes three teams from the state of Arizona, including the Arizona State Sun Devils, coached by our next guest, Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Sun Devils, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Bobby, congratulations on on getting the bid, and good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. We saw the reaction videos. Ended up with uh, with you and a lot of the team in the pool again. Uh, how many? Uh, in terms of pins and needles, what were you feeling on Sunday before the selection show? Well, it was uh, it, it was tense. You know, there was some anxiety, but. Uh, you know, we had felt pretty confident about, you know, what we had accomplished late in the season, you know, and, uh, you know, just a tribute uh, to, to our guys, testament to, you know, their resiliency, just because we, you know, we lost. I remember us losing at home to Oregon and, and needing to go uh, to the Bay Area and winning two games, like must win. And I told the team that and they responded. And unfortunately, we, uh, we lost the game to Colorado. And I told the guys, hey, we have Utah. We've got to win this game. And uh, and they did, and then uh, it came down to the last three. You know, we told the team we need to get one of these road games, and we're able to get Arizona. And I still knew that wasn't enough, and uh, so we had to go to the Pac-12 tournament and have a great showing, which uh, we were able to win two games and get to the semifinals, and that was good enough. But it was all the guys, just their will and desire to to want to play in this event that has carried us here. Considering everything you just said and the path you took to get here, can can an argument be built in your mind, Bobby, that without Des Cambridge's shot in Tucson, you guys are on the outside looking in? Yeah, there was a lot of emotion involved in that shot. Certainly, uh, it, it it was a signature win. It was. Uh, as good a you know a non uh, I'm sorry a good a road win as uh, as you could get you know uh, Arizona being a top ten team and a number two seed to go on the road and win there but certainly that shot you know put us over the top 
Uh, it would, if if that shot didn't go down, it would have put more, you know, more of a priority to try and get you know one of the two in in California that we weren't able to get. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I would say that 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 probably sealed it for us. All right, so I'm curious now because this was a really another nice show of resilience from you guys, and that's sort of been um, one of the one of the really good traits of this year's team. Um, what is sort of your mentality going forward? Is this all reward now? Are you looking to to at least get to Friday? games what, what kind of tone are you going to set about expectations and 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 what you would like to see happen from this point forward yeah once you get through the exuberance and the relief of uh of hearing your name called and, and seeing actually just seeing it and i think i saw our name pop up on the screen and i you know just totally lost it we all did but i didn't even know who we were playing or what region we were in or you know who would be the next opponent i mean i had no idea um until a few minutes after um so once you get through all that process, uh, things shift pretty quickly because now it's uh, it's really you, you you gained entry into one of the best events uh, on the planet, and and now it's about. Uh, you know, winning as many games as you can. I, I told the guys, every game you win, things get better and better, and the stakes get higher. And uh, you know, this is what it's all about. So, um, I'm hoping that uh, that's the mindset everyone has. It appears that that that's the case. We have an older team. It's not like we have a bunch of young guys who are saying, "Ah, well, I'm here. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to get here again. So I should just, you know, I'm just going to enjoy." Uh, hear my name called. I think uh, you know we're a motivated group uh, to try and win games in the tournament. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our guest as the uh, Devils will take on Nevada, one of the first four games in Dayton. Uh, and, and it's got to be weird for a couple of your players who wore that uniform for a while. Warren Washington, Des Cambridge, uh, Junior, former uh, Nevada Wolfpack uh, team members. Now they're wearing the Sun Devil colors. Have, have you had a chance to kind of gauge their emotions? And is that an advantage, you know, tactically going in their institutional knowledge of Nevada before they play. Yeah, we joked a little bit about it um, just after, you know, the dust settled and, and we realized, you know, we were playing them. Uh, I haven't gone into a ton of detail with those with those guys yet. Um, uh, the coaches individually and collectively have watched a bunch of film, a number of games of Nevada to, to start getting prepared. And today will be the initial day of, uh, of film with the guys uh, relative to Nevada. And certainly as the day progresses, is I will uh, I'll get those guys thoughts uh, overall on what they think but yesterday was like a blur because we had to get out of there early in the morning uh, to, to fly across the country and then to get off the plane and get hit with the shock of like 25 degree weather and uh, you know we we gained a greater appreciation for uh, the Arizona weather for sure yesterday and uh, just had enough time to drop our stuff at the hotel and then go right to practice. We had a local high school that we were able to practice last night and then and then go to dinner. So it was really a, a full day. And now uh, today here, uh, the guys are going to, in a little while, head over to the arena. And we have an open practice, which is uh, a really cool thing. You know, it's going to the bands will be playing and a number of local people, you know, come and watch uh, all the teams go through that. So it's, uh, I think the guys feel special and they're going to continue to feel that way today. That's good. We, uh, you and I, we've talked a little bit about the struggle for respect for the Sun Devils basketball program and how it's manifested itself. Um, some teams might roll into a walk-in or a play-in game like this or whatever you call it, first in, first or whatever you want to call it, first for a game and look at it like we deserve better than that. Other teams might walk into it and and say this is a great chance to show that we're better than this. Can you 
can you gauge where your team is? Do you feel like you finally got just rewards out of the season? Yeah, this I, I talked about how hard our month has been, and when you're talking about playing those last three games that we played, you know, all on the road, um, and then and then go right to the Pac-12 tournament, have to play on Wednesday. It feels like we've been just you know on the road for like the last month, and uh, and, and to have to win the caliber of games we've had to win, it's it's been a struggle. I think it's taken something out of us, so. Um, I, I've been trying to manage the guys and just make sure that, you know, physically they have enough and that, uh, and then we're just as prepared as possible. I, I wouldn't say there's, there's added motivation. I, I think that we're a very focused team and we've played outstanding competition over the last three weeks. So I think we're battle tested and, and, and ready to play basketball tomorrow night. And, uh, it's about trying to win the week. That's all we're thinking yeah. about. We've had we've had weeks where we've swept on the road and, and won two at home, and you know we, we have to win every game this week. That's that's my mindset. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of ASU. A couple uh, quick things before we let you go. Um, this is the third time you've coached in one of the first four games in Dayton. As a head coach with a new group experiencing this, how much can you draw on your own experience in Dayton? Because you've won one, you've lost one there. How much can you pass along, or is there is there really any? Tra- to Dayton in your mind? I don't think there's anything you have to, I mean, again, I've been here before, but it's, uh, I, I look at it no different than, than any opponent we're getting ready to play, whether it's our first game of the week in a Pac-12 scenario or a straight-in NCAA tournament game. I've been in that at Buffalo, and we would have been in that uh, if they didn't cancel the season a few years ago, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, Nevada is is what we're what we're dialed in on right now, and uh, you know we got to get through that game and do the best job we can to win that game, and that's really where the focus is. And there's no other real tricks to it. And any updates on the health situation, uh, specifically Austin Nunez going into this tournament? We're uh, we're really healthy across the board. I, I think. Uh, Yesterday was was Austin's first uh, day in uh, in non contact work, and uh, we didn't do any live work yesterday because the guys were on the plane for four hours, and I didn't want to get anybody hurt two days before a game. So, <laughs> but Austin was a full participant in our uh, in our workout yesterday and was moving pretty well and didn't seem to have any uh, right. side effects. So he's getting closer. I, I wouldn't w- won't know for sure if he's going to be available tomorrow, but certainly the way he looked. Yesterday, I would anticipate that he would be available at some point this week. Back when the world was a lot smaller and you couldn't find results everywhere you you wanted to find them, um, getting an NCAA tournament berth was a big promotional tool for a school. I'm not sure it's that way anymore. But what are what are the long term benefits from having this team get to where you are to get to to get this opportunity that's in front of you? I mean, for me personally, it's been it's been a two year project. I mean, we. We went through COVID. It was a, it was a horror show. We uh, you know we lost a couple of guys to the NBA. We lost a number of guys to the portal. We lost uh, guys to graduation. You know, I had Kamani Lawrence stay with me, and uh, you know I think we had three guys return to the program. I, I had to rebuild the entire roster. I had lost assistant coaches with my right hand man, Coach Berno, becoming a head coach, and so I had to. We had to overhaul this whole thing, and uh, Jermaine Kimbrough and I have really, you know, built this thing together over the last two years. And 
it's just, uh, you know, it's a great feeling to know that in that short amount of time we could turn things around and put together a team that's capable of playing in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Bobby, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. Best of luck tomorrow and uh, hopefully beyond. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Bobby. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, our uh, guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Devils and Nevada. Bobby Hurley against Steve Alford. College basketball royalty going at each other in that coaching matchup. Should be a good one uh, tomorrow. Coming up next, the second half of the show kicks off with the Bickley Blast. Fire! Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.